Welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I am David Fraser, uh, joined by two other QPR fans um, this week. Uh, the first one is familiar to everyone, um, co-founder of the podcast, Paul Finney. Hello. Hello, Paul. And also joining us is um, Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I've got all of your names correct in the correct order, haven't I, Flo? Yeah, yeah, that's I've got a, a lot of names, so yeah, no, that's all good. No, fair enough. Um, let me just get this out of the way straight away. We don't think there's any way that anybody will notice, will fail to notice. We might be sounding a little bit different because for the first time ever, actually, just because of QPR playing lots of football games and us needing to be in various different places, we are doing the show remotely we're doing it on skype hopefully you still enjoy it we're not going to bang on about it uh, but hopefully it doesn't lose any of the quality or passion that everybody is used to and we'll back be be back to normal uh, next week um the only other thing i need to do before we get on with everything i think we've had three games since the last time we spoke um is thank our sponsor who we're always very grateful to so beers beers this week is from sponsored by uh, dave hiling uh, he wants to say uh, fondanti dave and his son arthur eight years old are season ticket holders in the lower loft they're lovers of ice cream donuts fondant fancies phil park stambles and jerry francis thank you guys that sounds pretty good to me um uh, always appreciated. Thank you, everybody, for your support. As always, uh, support for episodes, um, episode sponsors, and listening to all of that on our website at qprpod.co.uk. Right, let's get on with the business of talking about what's happened the last week. There's been loads and loads of stuff going on because we've had three games since the last pod. Uh, Finney, you have mm-hmm. just got back from Blackpool, am I right? I am. My train was delayed by two hours. I came back to had one mate size last night in Stoke, so I got the by two hours. And I'm funny enough, I bumped into a QPR fan who lives around the corner from me, and he couldn't believe I just got back from Blackpool. I don't think he can believe it actually went in the first place, but never, never mind. We did that thing of like, I'm like, that's it, I'm going to Swansea Saturday, and if it's no better, that's it, no more. And he's going, are you going to switch? I went, oh, all right then. Um, so, yeah. Tell us it about last night. Last night in. Well, it was it kind of I was in the pub with um, Lee from Manchester and Simon from Manchester and my mate, Alan, and we kind of just sort of uh, we were sitting there. The team came through. I looked at the team and I wasn't very happy. I pulled a face power and, and um, just thought about. Well, he's not taking it seriously um, because it just looked like a lot of players thrown together with no real desire to win the game. It was just putting players on the pitch, in my opinion. And then I got there, and the body language was terrible of everyone. And um, we got beat, and we didn't have a shot on target all night. Unless I fell asleep at some point and missed it, I didn't see us have a shot on target. The corners we got were for the deflections of their players, nowhere near the nets. And it was all rather very disappointed. It was, it was actually so bad that Dave Thomas from Kick of the Hours actually lost his rag, and I've never seen Dave lose his rag ever. Um, no. And, what happened? Uh, just the um, just watching the kids um, just getting destroyed, you know, it was just it's quite depressing. And McLaren just stood there, and you know, he, he, I'm not listen as you guys know, I'm not a massive fan of McLaren anyway. And um, it's sad to see the fans arguing last night amongst themselves. And then there's people abusing the young players and abusing McLaren. 
you know, and you know, it was, and then one of the, I lost me right a wee bit with one of the coaches who came off smiling and joking, one of the Blackpool players, which I thought was a bit, you know, do that in the tunnel, but don't do it when you've just been beat by them. And we've traveled all that way to watch it. And it was a dismal, well, it was horrible display. It wasn't good at all. Um, we just went up for it. And one thing I will say, fair play to the Blackpool fans that are doing a, a boycott and a protest against the rules, um, fair play to them. And the Blackpool fans I'll go to the games I'll let the rest of them guys down because I've got to get rid of the chairman he's an absolute scumbag but anyway that's another story um, alright so let, let's 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 talk about a few of those issues like in 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 order let's talk about mm-hmm. the team what, mm-hmm. what you know we took the first two cup games relatively seriously there was a couple of changes there was you know people of course use this competition as an opportunity to sort of blood youngsters and get a couple of others in but you cannot kind of do wholesale changes like surely everybody knows that and where's this come from yeah we were we had a bit of momentum and what was like the reaction at the ground from the, the fans when we saw this game which had i don't even know how many changes it had nine changes um yeah you know people were thinking oh well it might work i knew it wouldn't work because not that i'm trying to be clever because when you see matt smith playing by himself he brought sure back in he brought the wee finish lad in who hasn't played all you know and, and you go on the, on the bench and when Goss came on he looked so rusty it was just it wasn't good to watch um you kind of just knew it was a team thrown together without any thought process and it's really sad because you got through this far you know what you might as well go for it because all we've got to hang our hat on this season is trying to finish 16th or 17th so why not try and get a wee bit of a cup run get one of the, the, the bigger teams that love to throw get the place buzzing because God knows it needs it and um, he just put out a team in my opinion to lose and then in my opinion as well which doesn't matter much then hung the players out to dry this morning with his, his, his press conference last night which I thought was a absolute disgrace he team it's his responsibility he didn't have to pick that team there's no reason why he couldn't play a full team and go for it and give himself a day to cheer for it and instead he, he played them lads and absolutely destroyed them it was ridiculous man management hello what you weren't there uh, probably sensibly a lot of people might say what what but what did you think from afar um, yeah, I was similarly concerned when I saw the team sheet. Most of the time, uh, my brother is the fund the money sort of thing and, and provides the updates. And um, uh-huh. his messages, he was quite concerned. I mean, if you look back at the, the first um, first rounds, the, we did we did make quite a few changes, more sort of five or six rather than nine. Um, the goalie changed because obviously Ingram got dropped. So Ingram played in that game against Bristol Rovers in the end instead of Lumley because Lumley yeah. played the first game. And then um, I think Vojlek had played that game. Uh, Kakai played that game. He played last night. Cuns played that game. Obviously, he got sent off last night. So there was a bit of an overlap. Um, Washington was in the Rovers game. He's obviously gone. Smith was too. It was so. a month ago. It was a month ago. I mean, I suppose that's how you might justify it, or whenever it was. I suppose you might justify it that, okay, there was an overlap between the, the previous round and this round. But we're told a million times that football's about momentum. And the, the, the team, the first team had had positive momentum. So surely you've got to keep more than two of them in the starting eleven, no? Well, I can't remember who tweeted it last night, but I can't remember if it was Love for Words or who, who it was, but they were saying, you know, Osso Samuel played so well against Bristol Rovers and then he didn't even get a start. So for McLaren to sort of um, 
gloss it up as it was an opportunity for people to play for their place uh, in the first team. I and mean, that's complete bollocks. Sorry, am I allowed to say that, actually? You can say whatever no, you want. Go on. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think that's just, that's just embarrassing. And, you know, if, if someone like him who was being clapped off by the Bristol Rovers fans after that performance, if he doesn't get a start of the game, then obviously no one's going to believe you and no one's going to have the confidence that actually if they play their socks off, they'll even get a chance. And do you know the sad thing about it as well, guys, is that I would imagine that McLaren won't pick many of them kids again because, you know, regardless of anything, they, 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 we didn't cover ourselves in glory. And it's a real shame from having this two-year thing and we're going to bring the kids on, we're going to bring them... Because once you bring the kids to the front of the four, you've got to then keep them in the squad, play them, whatever, but you keep them in with that. And he sent Manny Knight on loan, which is bizarre. He's kept Cousins, which is even more bizarre. And Skyn and, and Cousins last night just didn't seem to want to be... Well, the Skyn thing was interesting because from the first minute, he was like Carl Henry was at Nottingham Forest a few seasons ago where he just clearly just wasn't happy and just was kicking everything that moved. And clearly, I think, wanted to get either sent off or taken off. Now, that was maybe because he felt that he wasn't put into a team that could be competitive. I don't know, but he wasn't right. I mean, he he went for it, and he was he was, and then when he got kicked off, he did the old thing where they kicked the water bottle, about did a Johnny Wilkinson in the water bottle and stuff like that. It's, and that's not good to see. The body language was shocking last night from everyone. And um, Flo makes a great point about um, Samuel. He, he, yeah, he, he's put the players in. We tore Bristol Rovers apart, and then he puts a central midfielder wide for the next game. Yeah, does that say? Well. Okay, so let's talk about the wider picture, which is so. So we only recorded the last podcast. Um, we recorded it eight days ago, I think, and since then, we had that euphoria of Millwall at home, uh, like almost uh, as complete a performance as this QPR team has played, certainly, and certainly yeah. under in McLaren. Then, kind of Norwich, where uh, how can how. how how can I sum it up? We we Who's lost, best? but no, but nobody nobody was apart from the obvious people on on social media. Everybody was let's say fairly measured about it. I don't think there was the feeling that people had been let down like they had last night. And we go to last I think night. So, David. Everyone I, I talked to thought the Norwich game was like a snooze fest. It was horrible. I I thought no, it was a no. terrible game of football. Yes, but they don't feel. Yes, but I thought I felt that the feelings after from the fans were different. Yes, everybody thought it was boring. Yes, everybody thought it was much more uh, regressive or backwards in comparison to Millwall. But I don't think people are genuinely were genuinely angry like they are this morning, like they were last night at the team that was put out, at the attitude of the players. So, from what I can see, and so on. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not always going to be, not always going to get it right. I think there were some tactical issues with that Norwich lineup, and Eze wasn't necessarily played in, in the right place. And also, he was coming off the back of such a great performance that expectation was so high, and there was all this yeah. stupid chat in the newspaper. But just because some Tottenham scouts turned up at Loftus Road, supposedly, you know, the, the, it's just ridiculous that you would even write stuff like that and then claim that someone's going to offer 10 million for a player that's had about four good games. I mean, it's just so silly. So it's important that we sort of uh, ignore that noise that's being created and just try and build up a bit of a run again. I just don't really understand the logic of last night because 
it, it seems as if McLaren was sort of going for what you would do if you are admitting that you're in a real relegation situation and you're too scared about what distractions the cup might bring. And that's always what we've had before in certain situations when we were in the premiership and so on. So um, that's the logic, but it's just such a negative attitude when you're on a good run, like we were. Do you feel like... Well, no, go on, Paul, go ahead. Sorry, dear. What I don't understand is McLaren seems to have come in with this, we said before, with this youth thing of playing the kids. And then we go and add £70,000 a week with the three loan players allegedly to the, the wage bill. And you think, well, why couldn't Holloway have done that? I don't, that's the bit I don't understand. And, and we've become from being a youth squad to an aging squad. So then you look at last night, you think in isolation, you think, well, I don't know what he was playing at. There's certainly players didn't know what he was playing at. And then on Saturday, he reverts to the normal squad and the kids will be ignored again and, and, and players will start going backwards. And that's a real concern and a real worry. And um, I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm not McLaren out or McLaren in. I just want to know what the hell he's playing at. If you had to be one of those two things, which would you be? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, he, I, I don't know what Flo thinks or what you think, but I don't think he can keep second managers. But dear God, we're being tested sometimes, you know. And, and it's always, I said to me yesterday, I said, um, you know what, it's almost like we lost at West Brom 7-1, as if so early in the season that nothing can be as bad as that again. Well, of course it can. <laughs> um, you know, it's QPR. We could, we, we, you know, and it, it's just you spend all this money on Wales and and him, and you're just thinking, like, you know, this is just a finish 16 for 17th. This is just insanity. And I just, and I, I look at it easy, and I think we've got such a talent in that kid. Play him in his proper role. Let him flourish, for God's sake. You know, I I said a few weeks ago, I thought he was being overhyped. No, he is a great talent, and um, him and Young Smith and and that are great young players. We've got to be bringing them on. I would love to see Manning come on. You know, I mean, Cousins. I don't know what's wrong with Cousins. Cheltenham fans are raving about him, but he 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 deservedly was sent off last night. We can't even claim that he didn't deserve it. Although their players should have probably got a yellow. Um, I don't know. Things. Something's not right. I don't know what it is, but something's not right. At the camp. Do you think that? Do you think yeah, that, no. or do we just have a bad result? Because you weren't saying that a week ago. When we recorded the podcast last Monday, we'd come off the Bolton game, we were doing well. If I'd have asked you on Thursday morning after the Millwall game, you wouldn't have said that. Do you, no, go, go. But that's the football, you, is that you got one results. But, sorry, go on. Yeah, so there's results, but then there's kind of drawing that conclusion that something's not right in the camp. Is something not right in the camp, or do we just have a bad day at the office? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming because I'm a miserable sword and I have no inside knowledge. I don't know. I'm not there. I haven't seen. But just looking at the, the, the structure of the players last night and, and some things that are going on and, and, and Steve's own body language as well. And he's, he's doing me head in. I don't know what you think, you know, with these press things he's doing. It's, it's just he's just chucking so many people in front of the bus all the time. Take some bloody responsibility. Yeah, I think I I watched um, the video of his his post match and it just it just seems a bit embarrassing because he acts like he you know you wouldn't see that coming if you played that team like he won't be the last manager and he's not the first manager to play a second team in a league cup or cup fixture and get knocked out 
that's what happens when yeah, you do that. So it's stupid for him to say, "Oh, I really don't know what happened. I'm 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 at loss for words." I mean, I feel I feel really sorry for Andy Sinton because uh, I didn't I didn't stream it or or, or the commentary, but because my brother lives in the states, he subscribes to the to the streaming package, and he said that. Uh, Andy Sinton had said it was an uncomfortable night. He he was at a loss for words, and he can't sum up what he had seen. And he has quite a big role. That's good for a for a commentator, isn't it? Yeah. So if he if he's saying that, and he's got a, a fairly important role in the club in terms of the sort of alumni role, but also in being the sort of spirit of it, and I, I presume he's quite close to Les because of their relationship. You know, it's just a bit depressing if he feels like that, and he sort of should be the positive one, saying, "Oh, you know, we'll bounce back after we got, went on a good run. You know, this, you know, this will just be a bit of a blip in the season." He seems a bit baffled and confused, like we all are as well, to to do to do what had happened. Explain. I don't. I don't. I, we do need to move on from Blackpool, but explain the logic to me of playing that team. Why are we doing that? Some some notion that we've got a lot of games and you've got to rest the players. I mean, for like, come on, for what? I, I always think about, not always think, I thought after that about the interview that you did with Adrian Charles Finney a few weeks ago yeah. on the podcast yeah. where I wasn't at. And he said, what are you actually doing it for, for football fans? What are we all in it for? There has to be some reason that we're in it for. And you're in it because for things like, well, let's see how far we can go in the cup. You're not Certainly. in it to play a reserved. We're not in it. No one's in it uh, with the kind of some ambition to finish 17th in the championship, are we? I mean, that is probably, we, we hope that we do that or better this season, but that's not the sum of our ambitions. We're, we're supporting this team to try and have those kind of days and moments and, for God's sake, if we've got Blackpool in the last 32 of the League Cup, let's put let's put a team out that we're confident are going to get the result. What was he thinking? Uh, is is where I got I to on it. The only the yeah, only I logic I can sorry Paul the the only logic I can think of is he thought that Saturday proved that we can't play two decent games in one week, so therefore we should rest okay. our starting eleven. And he thinks that he, or he was told. Your only objective is to stay in this league. So by any means necessary, you've got to do that. So if that means throwing in the towel during the League Cup, then that's what you should be doing. That was my only understanding. Which you're probably right. So so let let me ask you a question then. You, You could, from the Blackpool game and the Swansea game, you can pick one game to win and one game to lose. Which one do you... Which one do you win? Which one do you lose? Well... You try and win both is the answer. I'm not going to. I, I don't think you, you can't. You can listen. Where I'm getting to is, is where I'm getting to is which one is. I know your what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. But you know, this this is what I hear about more well, than I'm, football. I'm asking I mean, what I'm asking what you think. What what I, 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 I mean, I if we I win Saturday win and game. beat Hornsey two or three, nearly everyone's going to forget about. But you know, the league league points. If the three points keep you up in the season, of course, it's more important. But. By God, do we need something to cheer us and take our minds off the league? Because we're just, we're just, we're just, we're just floating. We're not doing anything. We're just floating around the tank. Um, whereas the cup can inspire some kind of dream and get someone big down there, fill the ground up, and inspire the fans. We know, God knows if 
everyone needs some kind of lift. We saw against Millwall and, and, and Norwich. There's a lot more empty seats and I've noticed for a long time and we need to be sorting this out. You know, we need to get something going on down there. Maybe a cup run would be excellent. I don't know. I don't know. But if he goes on to lose the game again on, against ones, go for bed, then he's going to have some serious questions to answer. Okay. Let's not talk about this anymore because we do have a habit and people pick up on it on Twitter and stuff. We do have a habit of um, kind of getting, we have one loss and all of a sudden it's the end of the world. Let's take ourselves back to last. I know, but, but let's, let's, we haven't had a totally terrible week because let's, let's talk about the Millwall game. Um, Because we haven't had a chance to talk about it. That came off the Blackpool game. Oh, sorry, Bolton game. I beg your pardon. Which we were all very positive about. It seemed to, it seemed to all go right, right against Millwall. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. What do you reckon? Well, we have, we, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty complete performance. I think the most important thing is is that Millwall are not a good team. Uh, and neither are we Bristol City. We weren't saying that before. Yeah. <laughs> neither are Bristol City or Sheffield United. So we should have been having these performances against those sides. But it's important that we do performances like that against the rubbish sides. Or let's not say rubbish because maybe that's a bit, bit over the top. But the not so good sides like them to ensure the points and also boost some confidence. It was a pretty, yeah, pretty complete performance. And it was. I like London. To be honest, Do I think Lumley was superb as well. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he certainly staked this place for the season in, in, in between the sticks. And he is impressed in every game and he's getting more and more confident. And I like the fact he's taking control of the defence. Um, Not interesting. is saying that, Paul. Really? Okay. When, I, when, I'm looking at, when I'm looking at kind of people, what they're saying on Twitter, um, he made that mistake recently didn't he that that he, 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 he was responsible for a goal or Maybe a, the goal. Yeah, yeah the Bolton goal yeah but if I you mean, see I the build th- up I think that. I find I think his kicking is a concern but Smithies even though he was a great goalie his kicking wasn't great either so um for me that's the biggest his biggest sort of flaw is, is is his kicking ability and his distribution but he is a pretty good shot stopper and yeah he commands the defense well and that's quite important because Ingram's yeah, quite a quiet guy well, yeah. Ingram just looks like his, his, his confidence has gone through the floor and it's carrying on down towards hell it's not um it's it, it, I don't think he'll be playing anytime soon but you know you which is sad because I, I do feel for that because I don't think he's that kind of. We're trying to play like Barcelona, and he's not that sort of keeper where he can get. You know, he can do a fast throw, where he can do a, a, an accurate kick. He can do this, he can do that. You know, he's not that kind of goalkeeper. You ask him to do something he's not been doing most of his career. But anyway, yeah, we're not trying um, to play like them anymore, though. We've we've kicked um, that one to the curb, haven't we? Well, we were certainly trying to. I think last night, if we'd have gone past any back further back, would have been impressing. Um, so I don't know what that was about we seem to sort of have this thing of knock it towards Matt Smith and then when he wasn't getting it he was going backwards again anyway that, that was last night we're not going to talk about that anymore um, Millwall yeah there, there's lots of I mean the thing is that they, they're they not a great side they're going to struggle or it looks like they're going to struggle and again I think something's wrong with their squad I mean maybe selling Salvo for 8 million quid blah 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 whatever um, but you know again you're sort of looking for a springboard of that to go into the Norwich game and kind of really make it hard which we didn't do um, but we got the a win lot of and changes. I guess... a lot of changes between Millwall and 
Norwich, not not all of them tactical or, or any of them because there was there was Rangel, of course, was 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 not fit. Cameron, he didn't feel he could play another game, and Hemed came back in. Do you think that upset the side or the momentum? I think I think it was pretty that Hemed came off the belt. By the way, when he was fast and absolute legend doing that, um, shows you at least he's got the appetite to play for us, and that's no problem. Very good, all. very good. Yeah, like I it. I didn't actually mean that anyway. Um, but you know, that, that, that was good. And I think, you know, we looked really strong as Millwall Saturday was just, you know, lackluster and, and not really with it. The weather was awful. It wasn't a great anyway, but oh, the next couple of games, we've got Swansea and we've got to have the international break coming up as well. So you got Swansea, you got Derby, you got the international break. Derby's going to be a, obviously a massive game for obvious reasons. Reading, Reading in between that as well. Do you know what? I always forget about Swansea, Reading, Reading and Derby. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm more looking forward to driving to Swansea and the Reading in the middle of the week. Is it just me or is that place the most impossible bloody place to get to in a midweek game? Why is it always us? Rant over. Carry on. Flo, what did you think about the Norwich game? Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit disappointing because I'd also, off the back of Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry, I'd persuaded uh, my brother who has kind of fallen out of love with QPR recently and he lives east so it's a bit of a mission for him to get there although you know shout out to all the people who come to games who I know travel a lot further how than many brothers London, have but, you got Flo this uh, isn't the same brother who lives in the States no different brother I've got three older brothers and then two younger half ones and they're all QPR fans okay um, so middle sort of brother he lives in Hackney and uh, he hasn't come for a few weeks anyway off the back of Wednesday I persuaded him saying it's going to be great you know Eze is so exciting I haven't sort of been that excited about a player since Tarat etc etc uh, and it was just a bit of a miserable day. Yeah, it was really cold, really rainy. And I just didn't really see any spark from anyone in the team. And that's not for want of trying. Uh, I just think the system was slightly messed with a little bit too much. And um, Norwich were just really good at shutting us down. And uh, we didn't really create anything until about the last 10 minutes. Um, so I think we sort of just have to ignore ignore that game, see what we can learn from it uh, and sort of be able to adapt a bit more potentially um, when it, when things don't work straight away. Okay. Just before we get into our Zen, uh, so one other thing I wanted to bring up, ask you guys about. So today the FA technical director, I think he's called Dan Ashworth has left and, and, and gone to Brighton. And Henry Winter, the, the, the football journalist, has been on Twitter saying apparently Les Ferdinand is highly fancied within the FA for the role, um, which I've read some of the replies to his tweet when he said this. And they're mainly from QPR fans along the lines of, I'll drive him to the interview myself. Um, <laughs> and you want um any thoughts on that? If Les Ferdinand is apparently being sought being sought out by the FA for the technical director role, someone we want to hang on to, someone we don't know enough about what he does, so we, we can't make a call on it, or definitely not. I mean, uh, say, I don't sorry, even on, know. Sorry, Paul. I don't even know what a technical director does. I know you know this director of football thing, which a lot of clubs have. Uh, is the FA's 
technical director is that the same sort of thing i don't even know what you'd have to do if you were in that position and whether les would be good at doing it i honestly have no clue i'm not sure no, either i mean the, well, to be honest i mean it's 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 a weird one because um les has spent the last few seasons whatever anyone says or does includes myself and, and not really knowing what really goes on with transfers and negotiations and who does this that, and the other but we've been talking about and being told by Fernandez youth 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 and kids play kids play kids mclaren's come in you get dubbed 7-1 and um the whole thing's changed and turned up on, on its arse and if i was les i'd be feeling very aggrieved by that and i would say that by mclaren doing that is definitely elbowing les Ferdinand into a side a side room somewhere um because i think also the i think also les is more of a figurehead than anything i don't i don't actually know how much of a real role he plays in a lot of a lot of the goings on or the deals oh, it's He's got a lot of saying things. He's got a lot of input in things, um, and he's certainly got Fernandez's ear. That's for sure. Um, but I'm not sure if 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 it's if it's the whole thing was supposed to be Ramsey, Les, Lee Hughes working with the manager. The manager then trains, picks, selects the players, but tell you know that sort of basis of the director of football will go get find me a winger. He'll go get your winger. And I think McLaren's probably bypassed Les and gone straight to Fernandez himself and said, I want this, 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 and this, and he's got it. Paul, did you mean Fernandez, or, or was that a mistake? And you actually meant Amit when you say that McLaren's going straight to Fernandez? Um, well, I, I think Amit is a great figurehead to have because he's a lovely fella. Um, and I think it's great that the um, he's taken the heat as being chairman. And I think Tony Fernandez has obviously had sideways but it's to me it's cosmetic i think um ruben and, and tony are still pulling all the strings and i'm it's basically there as a chairman in, in um in a name but you know has he brought any more shows has his value in the club input will he be will he be investing unless any of that happens then he's only a chairman by default in my opinion and i could massively be wrong that's no disrespect to anyone it's just an issue no one's sold any shows no one's took anything more he hasn't, hasn't put any more money into the club so he's he's a chairman basically to take the heat of fernandez in my opinion and i could be massively wrong but that's how i say it in the space of two comments between you and flo flo has said and and if I'm putting words in your mouth, Flo, do say, but you're not the first one who's expressed this. Flo's saying we've potentially got a director of football who's a director of football for show, and you've just said we've got a chairman who's a chairman for show, Paul. Well, that's two out of probably the three or four most important positions at the club that nobody is 100% sure are actually proper, effective positions. It's a bit, bit worrying, Matt, isn't it? Of course it is, but then again, the reason why Amit stepped in is because it was agreed that Tony was overseas far too much. You need to have someone hands-on in the country more of the time. And I can't see how Amit's suddenly going to start investing money or his shares haven't gone up. But it, it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, he, he may be chairman, but Fernandez and Ruben, Ruben is the one that pulls the strings in reality. Mm. And I think we all know that. And I think it'd be wrong of the club to try and tell fans otherwise, because to me, only me, I'm seeing 
for what I feel it is, and that's how I see it. I think Ruben has control with Fernandez. I think Les is in charge of everything to do with playing stuff, which is no bad thing or good thing or anything. It's just what his role is. And I think Lee Hughes is the one that's got to try and make the ticket sell, make the, t- the pay for the catering to do this, do that, do the other. And um, we need someone strong to unite people and get everyone in the same direction. And maybe that's why they're going to. Uh, Amit is a far friendlier face. He's a much lovable person and he's not going to go on Twitter and call anyone an idiot. Let's be honest. Okay, ours end. Ours end. So, this is the last bit of the podcast where we talk about anything and everything that we haven't got to talk about. Uh, Paul, as regular listeners know, you insist on going last because you like to get the last word, of course. So, we'll continue to give you that privilege. Um, I have a very, very quick, simple ours end. Alex Smithies. He is not even on the bench for Cardiff City. A, well, that was worth it, wasn't it? And B, why not? What, like, what, like, do they know what they've got on their hands? They're obviously not. Surely, at any club that Alex Smithy's going go goes to, he's got to be in the top two goalkeepers. But it appears not at Cardiff. And I suppose the third point of that is, what on earth did they buy him for? Uh, were we missing something? I thought he's one of the best English goalkeepers in the country. I think um, the I think the intention was for him to play. It's just their Filipino English goalie. Uh, uh, what's his name? Etherington or Etheridge? He's just had a really yeah. good start to the season. He saved so many penalties. I think Warnock feels like he can't drop him. But my understanding was the expectation was that Smithies was going to start. It's just this guy proved his. Yeah, but he's not even on the bench. Brian Murphy you know, career third-choice keeper well, is so on the bench. On the bench? He's not what? even on the bench. I didn't know that. That's mad. Oh, well, there you go. In madness. Anyway, we're not a Cardiff podcast, but uh, I, I thought, <laughs> I just think, what a shame. What a shame that he went there. We we let him go. We won't go into the fee and whether that was or wasn't enough, but what a shame that such a good player for us is not even on the bench uh, as a new club. Uh, Flo, what's you your overall end? Um, my R's end is I would like to see a positive performance against Swansea. Obviously, we're away, so it's hard to know what might happen. But just, um, you know, some slightly better vibes and a bit more of unity within the team. Uh, we Obviously, we can't go all out attack um, because we're away from home and Swansea have got some good players. But just, yeah, just something to sort of look back on fondly in a positive way and something to, to grow bit with this season as well Finney you talk about Smithies Fulham brought a player for 37 million who's sitting on the bench all the time it's just the Premier League is insane and we should know about wasting money we were quite good at it um, <laughs> right two quick things we've got to get some more on the pitch as a forever are against Derby. I think that would get everyone going and it'd be absolutely outstanding work on the club and everyone else. And um, Steve McLaren might not be happy, but I think it's a great idea. Um, Richard second, Keogh, we should get on the pitch as a forever are, no? Well, you could do it with me when he's playing. You could hijack him. Do you know what I mean? When he comes yeah. on and just say, oh, by the way, thanks for what you did at Wembley. You're a, you're a QPR legend and run like Mark and a big bugger. Um, yeah, the the other thing is, and serious one is, the empty seats and the ground is starting to look really, really sparse. And 
it needs addressing, and we need to try and sort that out. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, put, but a team out. put a proper team out for the cup, then. You well, want, people to come, want people to be excited. Don't make nine changes when we're as far as we've been in the cup for years. Agreed. And you know what? It's just looking terrible on TV. And the lower loft is shocking. But it's not just the lower loft now. It's the Ellsley, South African Road, the paddocks. Everywhere's looking so sparse. And don't forget, with the 12,000, they're including season ticket holders. And I actually think the gates have been less than 12,000 for a London derby and a game against Norwich. That's not good. So let's just hope everyone get down there for a derby. We get a bit of a better result. And Steve McLaren starts proving to me that he's a much better manager than I think he is. And Rams are words done, my thing throw it I'll gladly eat them because we need this season to be relatively half decent with stress free as much as it can be and keep the club moving forward but something's wrong with the, the, the crowds because I know so many people aren't going anymore and the diehard Rangers fans as well it's not right but you know maybe it's just modern football I don't know but anyway yeah it'd be it'd be good to um Oh, by the way, it was good to see um, the young man shop in the programme last week, by the way, did a, did a wee run, run as well. And, um, you know, John must be very proud of the wee man. I'm, I'm, and uh, I just think it's fantastic that, you know, we've, we, we have this young lad who's an absolute legend among supporters already. He's not even bleeding shaven yet. Brilliant. This this is our youngest podcast listener, George Sharp, who, who listens every week and always sends us messages and emails. And probably it must be nine or ten now so yeah shout out to George Finney have you finished or have you got like six more RZNs no I'd like to thank Flo for coming on and and trying this out with us as well because we didn't know how this was going to go Flo you've been absolutely brilliant thank you I miss your little face Paul I miss not being across the desk from you and what looking at my watch and sighing as you go into your as you as time rolls into the 18th minute of your usual hours end oh bless you david i miss your jokes said no one ever (laughs) um okay thank you very much for listening Uh, it's a bit shorter than usual we thought your patients um might appreciate a shorter pod given that we're not all in the room hopefully this is all still come across pretty well it's not something we're going to make a a, a habit of doing it via skype but we couldn't all get in the same room but we wanted to do the podcast because there was so much to talk about this week um we'll be back next week we're playing so many games we usually record on a tuesday we're obviously not going to do that because we've got the Reading game. So we'll either be back kind of Monday or Wednesday. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Um, I have to like say thanks, Paul, because I'm not with you. Thanks, no worries, Paul. big man. Thank Pleasure you, Flo, for coming on. Please do again. Cheers, guys. Thanks very See much. Easy, See you soon. See you this, this has been Open All Arts. You pay off. You pay off.